The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 16th, 2018, season 14, episode number 8. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys football with you guys for an hour. How's everybody feeling this morning? Great, Derek. What's up? Yeah, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Let's talk... Let's talk about a couple of a couple of topics that I want to hit before we get to our main topic for the show. What is actually our main today topic for the show? That's... Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. Okay, good. Today we're going to start a series that we're going to run over the next six weeks, Whoa. Uh, up until the time that we finish our shows for this off season and before we take a little break before the training camp. Uh, but we're going to start a series today where we're going to go through each of the positions. And we're going to talk about where the Cowboys sit. We've gone through the period of player acquisition for the most part. Uh, the players that are on this team will likely be the players that are on this team when we start the season in September. So we're going to talk about where the Cowboys were last year, where they Derek, are now. Did you read my article yesterday? Yes, I did. I did Is that read what it. You... Yes, I read <laughs> you it, and that gave, me, that gave me an idea for this show. That tells you how much <laughs> I'm in tune to what's happening on our site, even when it's in Spanish. Oh, I was going to wow. say, can you read Spanish? Because yes, I'm very good at that. Oh, no, let me see. See. I did read it, and I can read okay. Spanish. So, um, so, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to jump in, and we're going to talk about the secondary. I think that's um, one position that has had a lot of um, a lot of talk about it in the offseason. I think it's something that we should discuss and talk about where we think they'll be when we get to the season. Before we get to that, though, a few topics we have to hit. One, Malik Collins, since the last time we were on the air, had a an injury. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell us what the injury is and tell us the status. It's a good job. I mean, I'll give you a second to be able to get that out of your mouth. Okay. And now... <laughs> wow. He had water. He was drinking. I, listeners, don't, I don't know if don't, you're listening. Just don't. I'm not watching don't. you. Right. Anyway. Just, Collins. Water. Malik Collins. What's up? Yeah. What's the deal with his foot? Well, he injured his left foot. Knew that. It's a broken left foot. It's the same foot he had surgery on in January. Uh, for a stress fracture it's the opposite foot where he broke two years ago so he's dealt with left foot injuries before he's dealt with broken foot injuries in the offseason before and we'll see how he he responds but it's kind of a a tough uh tough loss for the offseason we'll see that they're going to try to get him ready to go for the start of the season um but from a depth standpoint they really weren't that deep to start with to the point where they were trying to sign Terrell McLean and he, you know, he signed with the Falcons. Um, so I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know if the injury had anything to do with that or they didn't come up with enough money, but I don't know. I think they just kind of liked Terrell McLean and I don't think they changed much when, when Collins got hurt they still kind of liked him. Yeah. I don't, I think they were pursuing Terrell before that even happened. Um, it is. It's troubling. I mean, I know he came back from a broken foot in 2016 and had five and a half sacks, but that foot was a big part of the reason why his effectiveness was limited last year. So, um, you know, they're hopeful he can be back by midway or toward the end of training camp. But 300 pound guy, you kind of want your feet to be healthy. So, I mean, it's something to watch and hopefully it won't limit him the way it did last year. But I mean, they're, they're probably not going to have him until at least late August. How does that affect you during training camp and the preseason? Not that he was going to play a lot during the preseason, but you do want to evaluate your talent. You want your guys that will be playing come opening day, getting opportunities at least in practice during training camp to work together. How much do you think this affects them? I think that uh, Tyrone Crawford has always been a player that can move back and forth if they need. And I don't know if that's the case anymore just by looking at him now. I mean, he's, he seemed like he is he's slimmed down to be a defensive end. Like I, I don't, I don't think he could really play inside right now. I mean, maybe in a pinch he could, but he is a defensive end, and that's what he's gonna, you know, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get some sacks. He knows that this is close to a contract year. Kind of, it could be a contract year for him. So um, I, I think that that flexibility is probably no longer here right now. Yeah, I mean, what? So you you probably want four on your fifty three man roster. You probably want double that for training camp. You lose a starter. David Irving's still there. Brian Price, Richard Ash, uh, and 
Uh, Daniel Ross are still there as your one text, but uh, Jihad Ward. But I mean, you know, they were like I said, I think they were interested in Terrell McLean before Malik ever got hurt. So I would imagine they're going to be looking around for defensive tackles. They might be able to add. I don't think they're interested in Jonathan Hankins. I know a lot of people throw that name out there, but he kind of fits into that. You know, one technique, you know, they, I think they want a guy with a little more versatility. They thought, or I mean, they did play Terrell McLean at both spots. I think they'd rather have a guy like that. So um, I think it's something to watch. I think, you know, we talk about that a lot with safety. I think that's a position where maybe they could add a guy here before they get on the plane. It just depends on the fit and the cost. Yeah, the interesting part is you can't, they can't overreact here. And he will be back presumably for the season. And so you, you, when you start talking about a guy like Hankins, you go out and you spend some money on a guy and then come, you know, come the beginning of the season, his role is reduced and everybody else's that's below, um, below Malik Collins, their role gets reduced a bit because Malik Collins is presumably going to be your starter, right? But see, I, personally, I, I think that they could use another one technique because Malik Collins is better when he's at three. Then what would you do with David Irving? Play them both at three. Play them both at the three. So you just rotate the two of those guys yeah. at three technique. Yeah, that's my, those are my guys there. And then I have one technique. I, I I could use a Jonathan Hankins. See the guy that's like three thirty. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, he's not the the guy they call snacks. Is no, that's no. Damon Harris. Yeah, he was there in New York. What was that two yeah. years ago? Yeah. And then where did he go up. last year? And did he get cut? Like the fact that he's back on the market is is a little bit would be a little bit troubling to me as far as whether I want to sign him. Right? And they don't like fat guys around here. I, like I'll, big... I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't done a ton of homework on Hankins because I've heard it that they're not super interested, so it yeah. doesn't seem Bad scheme worth fit. my while. They like, they like guys, even if they're big, they want guys that can that can penetrate. And if you're a guy that just eats up space and doesn't penetrate, then it's like it, that's not really and doesn't fit with what Marinelli wants, right? Yep. <laughs> right, what? Nothing. I'm fine. Okay. All right. I'm doing fine. One over here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, actually, this is going to be a little bit of a fun topic um, to some degree. Cole Beasley um, has officially <laughs> has officially thrown his hat into the ring uh, as a Grammy award winning or Grammy nominated or hopefully a Grammy <laughs> You're Grammy. just giving him that right no, off the I'm bat? Saying, no, I'm saying, I'm I'm saying like, when did he if, win if he's going If he's going to be an artist, then obviously the ultimate of an artist is to get that Grammy Award. So he wants to be uh, an artist now. Is he, he going wants for to the, be a rap artist. Is he going for the EGOT or? I, I don't know. Throw don't like know. Pro Bowl, Emmy, you could spell a word with Has that. anybody ever know. done that? Has well, anybody even won one award in the arts and also been like a pro bowler in well he's football. not that okay i know i'm just saying like has <laughs> anybody even bowler. come close to that uh i don't know the answer to that that would be a that would big be achievement that, that would be, be very impressive. impressive and i don't care you could win grammy oscar you name any one of them yeah jim yeah. brown he did acting but i don't know if he ever got to the point where he, he was in like the dirty dozen it's not like <laughs> right. he won an oscar for that he's got a, <laughs> he's got a better chance maybe for just the single um, yeah that video I don't know about the video winning awards. Well, it was it was okay, but uh, here's the deal. Let's let's take a, a quick listen. I know Douglas oh. queued up something oh. here. We oh. have a quick listen to, to just one cut here. I wanted We're to listen to some throw rap. Up there, and let's just see what it sounds like. This is Cole Beasley. Amber with the head nod. Feeling it. I know no one expected this. Little Elm resident, the kid to the league, now with the elephant, double picked up those that gummit is selling it. I mean, it's a move, blind headed and pale. PR is cool, he plays for the boy, so he'll peek, then he threw in a week or a few. They get so excited, you biting, you rhyming, and rhythm, you spitting, and hit perfect timing, I spaz in the booth. And I'm about to show you that I have in the truth. I practice in my room until there's gas in the tools. I'm not a pro, get but proactive a move. Everybody know dad don't lag when it's view. It's grabbed and assumed by a path they assume that it's asking through. It's a laugh and it's news. Like All right, you can kill it. <laughs> Personally, as a person that likes like rap back from the 90s and, and early 2000s a lot better than today, I don't think he's bad. No, he's not. I don't think he's bad. I he's think not. he's got some skills. He, I mean, he is much more – he's better than Kobe Bryant was. He's, Absolutely. He's much better than the average athlete turned rapper. Better like, than Shaq. He's got – Better than Jeremy Mincy. Typically, like when a, when a guy like that decides to do something like this, it's a lot of like ABBA type of rhyming. Yeah. You know, like like he's got multiple diverse flows. Like he sounds confident. It's not just like that. It's interesting. It's it's different. He feels confident to change that. Like he's he's far more – 
talented than I would have guessed. Um, would he be trending? You know, would he be more famous than any other SoundCloud rapper if he wasn't a Cowboys receiver? I don't think so. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think that this would launch him to superstardom if he wasn't already famous. But I mean, it's it's way better than you would think. I think. I mean, it's it's not bad at all. He did get to the top ten on iTunes, which but that's, I think is but, pretty impressive. But would he do that? I agree. Would he be up there if he wasn't a Cowboys? Receiver? When you've got other celebrities saying on Twitter, "Hey, out. check this out. This is good stuff." That's I, then, I, yeah. all. All respect to Cole. I'm. I mean, I, like I said, I think it's really good. Um, but you know, he. I saw him say something. He's like, "Separate this from the fact that I'm a Cowboys receiver. You know, this is me as an artist. Don't like, don't view it in the same lens." And I'm like, well. Dak and Zeke and Bryce Butler and Dez are promoting it for you. So if that if you're if you're not a Cowboys receiver, then take away that promotion and let's see how it does on its own merit. But it is much better than you would expect. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because I was a little bit I wouldn't say upset, but I was a little bit taken aback because there were some people in the media um, that were going in on Cole saying, you know, maybe you ought to be worried about, you know, playing football. Maybe you ought to be worried about you know, studying the playbook, that whatever the case might be. It does. It, and the reason why it, it makes me uncomfortable is because everybody, including myself, including everybody on this set, including all you guys out there listening, you leave your job and when you get off, you go home and you find whatever it is that makes you happy. And that some of you have hobbies, you have lots of different hobbies, you know, whatever it is that you find to do in your own free time to be able to relax you in order to be able to refuel you, that's what you do. And this is no different. And I just think it's I think it's uh, very hypocritical for anyone to take that approach with a football player when we all in our everyday society in, in this society um, do other things to to relax us. What do you got? What do you guys think about that from the standpoint of just football players and doing other things outside of football? Well, I've seen it for years with Tony Romo uh, playing golf, and he got criticized for years uh, for that. Um, but you know, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. People do that. People do whatever they do. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, there's a competition level in it. If there's another sport involved, you're still competing now in, in his, you know, this is, his, uh, this is something he has passion to do. And, you know, I, I think he's pretty good at it. I mean, I don't, not to try to stereotype for, for what I've seen and heard and, you know, but it sounds a lot like Eminem than some of the other stuff that I that I've, I've heard, and I think he's actually really good. And if you've got talent to do it, you know, why not take it to another level? There's probably a lot of players that do that kind of stuff. They're just not good enough to say, you know what, we should we should go, you know, to the next level with this. Yeah. So I'd rather be him, I'd rather him be in a studio writing lyrics, singing than getting in trouble and doing other things. Then that's when it becomes an issue, like the things you do off field that affect you on the field mm -hmm. but that's not the case i'm not trying to put you on blast but did you see that criticisms from anywhere other than the obvious cesspool that is undisputed well i think i think that was the where it started and i saw a couple other things where people kind of jumped in and were like yeah that okay. kind of thing but I, but that's where it started that was obviously where it started i i mean I, I i i hadn't seen the criticism from anything that i would consider reputable and i mean I think that shows a waste of time. I think anybody that watches it is wasting their time and probably has bad opinions about sports if that's where you get your information. I was disappointed that Cole even gave them the time of day, uh, which, you know, players on this team love to jab back. And, I mean, that's the beauty of social media. You can if you want to. But just, like, I mean, that shows garbage. It's like the YouTube comments of of TV. Like, like it's bad and uninformed opinions yeah. and – I wish guys like Cole and Terrence wouldn't even give take that stuff seriously Twitter, enough to respond. Twitter's gotten to the point where, you know, like you see it, you've seen it for years in, in sports and, you know, outfielders in baseball or guys in basketball walking off the field, you know, you, you got to hear the fans saying stuff. And that's just kind of the, that's the way it's always been. And you, yeah, you can go and maybe say something back, but you can't really do anything. It's better, you know, I saw yesterday, I mean, last night, LeBron goes to the locker room just getting harassed by all those boston fans you know and he's like you have to just tune it out and it's sad that on on twitter they don't do that as much as they should especially after a game i think they should just yep. treat games like a high school party and just take everyone's keys like just, I mean, let me have your phone for a little bit you think jr smith was able to tune that out i don't know you see the game last night i saw the game that he would he what happened to him yeah the crowd had some very interesting things to that they chanted in unison 
after he had a, a pretty oh, yeah. flagrant foul. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk now about... God, Cleveland uh, better come back. Do what? Cleveland better come back. It's over. That NBA, over. NBA. We'll see. We will see. I don't know. You don't, it's you, tough. They don't want that guy swept. You, what are you trying to Ooh, say? That are you trying in? to say is the, the fix in? They don't want that again. swept. They don't want does him it, out. Does the, does it matter? Really? Is after watching the Warriors on Monday night, does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't. That everybody knows who's going to win the championship. I mean, we but we all knew at the beginning of the season, didn't we? Right. Yes. That's the thing about the NBA that kind of drives me nuts is. You could predict the NBA so much easier than all the other sports. There is no intrigue to that. I was disappointing because I wanted to see about 70 points last night, and I think we were on our way before. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a dirty play, but it got hit in the the mouth, and that kind of changed a lot. Yeah. Still dropped 40, but... (laughs) That's LeBron. He was going for 75 for sure. 40-point triple-doubles disappointing yeah. yeah with a migraine or whatever <laughs> all right let's uh let's talk a little bit about this rookie mini camp mm. from last weekend you guys covered it um i want to just i guess get an overall view of what you saw give me one thing we'll go around the table give me one thing that you noticed last week that may have surprised you that may have made you have a, a an epiphany something that was uh that was interesting at even in the least obviously understand these were guys out there in shorts and t-shirts but anything that you noticed that that just was that stood out to you about the the rookies at this rookie minicamp let's start first with dave i was gonna say nick you want to take this I'll take, I'll, it I wasn't even it's not even just like shorts and shirt shirts like typical it wasn't even football like it was a it was you know the morning walkthroughs at training camp where yeah. they like run them through the diagrams it was uh-huh. that i mean uh i think maybe like 10 passes got thrown in two days of so practice. what stood out that it stood. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> what stood out is that it wasn't practice. It, it stood out. It stood out. What they're trying to emphasize. I guess. I mean, the days of trying to make these guys puke five days after they get, you know, into the pros are over. That's just. It's not what they're trying to do. It's a different sport. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then I've already said this a million times, but like Connor Connor Williams just looks the part so much to me. And you know, it, even when you're not doing football, it stands out the agility drills they have you doing and the walkthroughs and stuff. So I'm excited to see that guy get to get in the lineup. Connor Williams is your guy from that draft that you that you really have big expectations. For. I, I, we said we did a show for TV yesterday where I'm like, like, yeah, the expectations should be big. Like he should be your day one left guard. And he should play pretty damn well with the amount of talent that's lining up on either side of him. So, Amber, who's your guy? Who's the guy that you look at and you're like, I have big, big expectations for that guy? Well, not to copy Dave's answer, but something that has been exciting for me is every time, for example, for Car- Connor Williams, when he uploads something on his Twitter account, all those little videos of him jumping or working out. I mean, it's exciting to see a guy like that. To be able to do those kinds of things... And be so big, you know, to, to be that athletic. That's a guy that, I mean, obviously everyone was excited about. But to actually start seeing that and, and to see his passion and his work and his sweat and even him going into the locker room, interviewing and just dripping in sweat. I'm like, you want a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he has to offer. Okay, Nick? You know, to me, the the guys that stood out are the guys that, that stood out. I mean, the the... the the tall players. I mean, there's a lot of size that they drafted in this in this draft. And I mean, Van Der Esch just stands out from, you know, if you're one of those people that goes out of our window at work and looks down at the field, Who I does don't that? I now. But I'm Never. just saying, if you did, <laughs> yeah. you he's a guy that you're like, oh, that that's him right there. And um, you know, obviously Connor's the same way, and the tight ends the same way. And I mean, even the quarterbacks got some good size to him, and Bo Scarborough's not not little. And <laughs> you know, I mean, those guys. I mean, they, there's some size to to this to this class. And so, um, you know, I think that there was. There was an effort being made to to get bigger in that regard, and, and they have. And Michael Gallup's a, a pretty good sized receiver too. So I don't think anybody's really an undersized player. Now they did get Tavon Austin, and he stands out, you know, if you can find him. So for the opposite reason, yeah. yeah. But but I think for the most part, this draft class, they, they got some bigger sized players. All right, let's uh, let's go and take our first break. When we come back, I do want to jump into our topic for the day. We're going to talk about the secondary. I want to know. Uh, what do you guys think of this secondary going into 2018 versus the secondary the Cowboys threw out there in 2017? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. 
Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking Cowboys football today, uh, our topic and our uh, actually our positions that we're going to focus in on include the secondary safety position and the cornerback position. Um, let's start that discussion first with uh, looking at all the players that you have in the secondary, and this is both safeties and cornerbacks. Who's the best that the Cowboys have right now? Ooh. Damn. Nice. I mean. <laughs> I stomped you guys on this one. I yeah. didn't expect to stomp you right out of the gate. I mean, and, I, and, and we, I knew it was coming. You we, did know it was coming. We going off potential or? No. Best player. Who's the best got. player right now based upon right. what you've seen so far? Who's What's up, haters? It's Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath. Come at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jeff Heath. Tweet me. How did I know that was going to be the Jeff Heath is the best it's... football player uh, that plays defensive back right now. He's the best football 100%. player. hundred percent. Does that scare you? No. Not Jeff me. Heath's a beast. You gotta have players like that. You Come don't on, want him. Over, you don't want him it. to be your Did best I stutter. Let's, let's not. Did I stutter? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Though, he's he's a good. Let's not go overboard with this. I mean, he's a good player. He's a, he's made some plays for this. This team. is this is the this is the line that I like to use about Jeff Heath. Uh-huh. Which, well, it's ironic because of what I just said. If Jeff Heath is the far and away best player in your secondary, you're probably in trouble. Right? That's my point. Yeah. If he's the like worst player in your secondary, your secondary is probably pretty damn good. It's okay. very good. Yeah. So I just said Jeff okay. Heath. Jeff Heath is the best player in the secondary. He's the best proven player. Okay. But okay. I think the Cowboys have done an amazing job of surrounding him with talent. I'm changing. I'm changing. I don't it think up. that'll be true for very long. I'm gonna change it up. So you don't think it'll be true that he's the best? There's player? a new. Yes. There's a new expansion team in the NFL. Salt Lake City gets yeah. a team, whatever. I don't know. And you have to protect two de- defensive backs from getting picked by the expansion team. It's easy. Okay, pick them. It's going to be Cheeto Bay, and it's probably going to be Jordan Lewis. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's because of potential. That's right. not because of what they are right now. Yeah. Right. Two different questions. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And so who is your best player? <laughs> hmm. I mean, I Wait. would go with one of those two guys, either Cheeto or Jordan. They're pretty close to me. Uh, uh, I can't. I just can't put them there based on what I like, based on potential. Basically, I can't. I can't do that. I gotta have seen it a little more than over I mean, the last it, four games. If right now you said, okay, you have to pick a player, like save a player, you, you're keeping him. Yeah, for the, the future, you know, Cheeto. everything you pick, you wouldn't Cheeto. choose I Jeff. No, I think it's gotta it's be Cheeto. Cheeto. He, he he can play all, he can play safety he can play corner he's gonna play corner I think but you know he could play that he's got the the, the body for it I mean he's it's fun I mean if two different questions I think Jeff is the best proven player out there right now if you were doing what Nick is suggesting like saving guys from an expansion draft I would maybe make Jeff one of my first available like I I don't want to lose Cheeto Jordan. I don't want to lose Xavier or or Byron. I don't want to lose Byron right now. I'm actually, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wouldn't want to lose Byron at this point. I don't know what I'm going to get from him. But 
I think Jeff Heath is an unappreciated player. I think I have no problems with him being a starting safety on this team. Um, and he's led the defense in interceptions three years in a row, or tied okay. for the lead at least. So, so tell me, he's got a way better resume than everybody else. Between these two things, which do you think is a bigger concern for the Cowboys this year? That arguably they don't have a true free safety, or two, the inexperience at cornerback. The safety, seriously? Yeah, come on. Is this a serious question? That's yeah, a serious question. Are you kidding me? It's a serious question. Why? Why wouldn't it be a serious question? She's just gonna. Who's keep worried about cornerback right leaving now? Leaving me hanging. Uh, do you not think that inexperience? You don't have. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Do you have but, a single okay. corner? Do you have a single cornerback on this Sorry. team that you would I consider do. to be experienced? And you're going to be in a division where you're going to be facing Odell Beckham Jr. You're going to be facing facing Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, you really don't. You got to face. I saw Julio enough Jones later towards the end of the last year to feel confident on my corners. Okay. I feel I I agree with her. I mean, okay. which yeah, you got to put it to the test. We might be wrong, but yeah. they showed some real potential down the final month of the season. They're young, they're athletic, they're confident, they're talented. Um and so I mean, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, would I prefer to have Patrick Peterson and freaking Richard Sherman? Sure I would, but it's not realistic. So I think they did a good job addressing it. I think they've got four guys who can do the job at a pretty to really good level and the, that, that's all i can ask for the one thing i would throw back at that i agree with you that yeah i like these young cornerbacks my question is still do you, you don't have a single guy that's an experienced cornerback like it's one thing if you have like last year they had orlando skandrick and then they had all the young guys right to, to your starter anthony brown just doesn't get any credit do you consider him to be an experienced guy that that has the kind of experience that those guys can can glean off of I think he's got I mean, something is, is, like 28 starts. Is I mean, Zeke experienced? I mean, no, I, but he's just good. Okay, I mean, I, I I get it there, but I mean, well, he's I, experienced. Me, he's great, <laughs> but he's experienced. Okay, yeah, kind of. I mean, I just think at this point, if you're good, you're Anth- good. Anthony oh, Brown is experienced because he's. I mean, he's done it now for this is his third year. He's yeah. got two years worth of starts. Also, and um. Peep, I, he got benched the last year. Let's he did. Sure he did. Well, he did. You're right. Um, by a better corner, like true. I mean, your All sixth true. round cornerback should get you know benched by second and third round cornerbacks. The surprising thing too, like, and you know, it changed after the Chargers game. You know, they threw guys in there. They started them. They the secondary looked completely different. Jordan Lewis played in like 15 of 16 games. Like I think the opener was the only game that he didn't play at all. That is so stud. He, I, he's going to be fine. It's not like he's I absolutely agree. He's with not that. not experienced. Like, and not only that. Like going back to the confidence thing, that dude doesn't give a f. Like he, no, I'm not worried about that in the slightest. Good. Okay. How about how about what um, Chris Richard said about him this weekend? I thought yeah. that was really good. You know, he talked a lot about cornerbacks, big corners, why they like you know length, all that stuff. And then he was asked about Jordan Lewis. He was by, like, well, by you. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, well, I kind of put him on the spot for a second, but he he can handle anything. That guy's a stud. When he's a defensive coordinator here someday, that's going to be awesome. But um, <laughs> someday, whenever that is. But uh, he he was like, well, you know, there's exceptions to every rule, and he's an exception. And he talked about just his work ethic and just how competitive he is and how he kind of fights to overcome the you know lack of uh, size. So. I mean, I think that he really likes him, but you know he also likes Byron Jones. I know we're talking about him, and I mean that's one of the first things he did was just moved him over. Yeah, and that's interesting. I want to go to that. Chris Richard talked about how he really likes his size, his, his athleticism. Um, what take me back to two thousand? What was this rookie? Two thousand fifteen. Take me back to that season where he did play more corner. What did what did what were your recollections of him as a cornerback? How how good was he in in those games where he had opportunities to Jarvis play? Jarvis Landry. That's all I can think of. It's just Jarvis Landry just killing him in that Miami game. That's when I thought right then. Wait. Okay. Oh oh okay. You thought he was a safety at that point. When yeah. the game Romo came back. Yeah yeah that game. Um, Jarvis Landry is a really good. Oh, I know I know he yeah. was good. And at the time he he wasn't though. I mean I mean you know he wasn't considered. The, what he is now, just yeah. this catch monster that just catches everything. But like he was a good, solid rookie receiver, and he was having his, you know, Byron Jones was having a tough day. Um, but I, I think he, you know, he had some decent moments there. He was going up against tight ends some, and, and I think he did well against tight ends. 
uh, that rookie year. That's my main memory of that is like they cross trained him all through training camp, and then he was just kind of the extra DB. Like he was really only out there in nickel and dime packages. Played great against tight ends. Like he he just he he kicked Zach Ertz's butt at least once or twice, and that he played really well against Gronk, even though like Gronk wound up having a really good day anyway. Just As he usually does. Well, the game got away from him. Yeah. They like it was. 10 to 6 in the third quarter and then 30 to 6 was the final score or something like that but mm-hmm. they didn't move him outside until like late in the season because of injuries I think and he didn't handle it well but again I mean you're talking you switched his job on the fly with 5 6 days notice which it's the NFL that type of stuff happens can't completely let him off the hook but uh, I don't think that's the same as telling him in February that he's going to change jobs and giving him 8 months to work at it with a guy who has a pretty good track record of developing corners so and that's another part. Having Chris Richard here gives me confidence that these cornerbacks are going to learn a thing or two from him. So You know, there are certain guys that I see as, like, robot-like mentality, the type of players that you give them a task or something and they, they're going to do it and they're just going to focus and get it done or whatever. He's one of those. I see Sean Lee as one of those guys. Just He does his program to do certain things. Byron Jones, I see him just like that type of player, great athlete, and I just think he just hasn't had the right coaching. I think maybe with the proper coaching, he would really be good because he has everything that is needed, and he just needs to be take like pointed to the right direction and given better instructions to help him. I, I think you're right about that, and and maybe what I would say differently than what you know, about better coaching, or whatever, but just a different like approach of you are a cornerback. Like he got here and he said, this is your position. And I think players, yeah. I really do. I think their position flex players have really been hurt almost as much as they have, as they have gained. I think Tyrone Crawford is another guy. What are you Kyle Wilbur? What are you? And it's tough. It's tough for them because you know, you, you play and it's like, well, you got great value. Because they use you as as the extra linebacker, the extra corner, the extra de- well. I mean, even even Steven said it the other day. We can move him back if we need to. Which yeah. I, I hate that. I do too. I mean, like That's, tell the guy what he is. And I thought that when Chris Richard came in here and did that, he I has think, a vision for him, right? And that's what's good. Right. All the vision too. Exactly. Yeah, I love I love that idea of just putting a guy in one place. And I thought that's a great example, of Tyrone Crawford. I, I think Tyrone Crawford sure. could have been so much more of an impactful player if they would have figured out early on, here's the vision we have for the player. This is the position. We're going to put him at that position and we're going to keep him there. And if we have injuries in the season, we'll adjust as best we can. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as we get finished adjusting, we're getting him back to the position where he should be, right? Right. And, you know, I, I thought all along that he would be a, a three-technique defensive tackle. That's what, I, that's what I feel like is his best position. Um, but... That's what they gave him that deal to do. Right. I mean, that's what the contract was. And, and you know, now he moves them to end. And then you, everyone goes to the same websites to look at salaries. And then they just rank defensive ends. And he, oh, my God, look at it. He's, he's making this much money. And he doesn't have the sacks. But really, he's a defensive tackle out there playing it. So that's why I think he's slimmed down to, to the point of, no more excuses here. I'm a defensive end. Which that's funny that you brought up Wilbur because that's exactly what Wilbur did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last he slimmed down. He was like, they can't put me at end even if they want to because I can't do it at this weight. And so yeah. maybe yeah. maybe Tyrone's got a similar <laughs> idea. Watch this, yeah. yeah. And maybe that's the right thing to do instead of trying to kind of be both. Get to a size that makes you optimal at one. Focus in on one. Yeah. And do your best at the one. I think that gives players better chances. And I understand position flex. I'm not trying to, to presume I know more than these personnel guys or these coaches position flex matters in today's NFL sure. where you have a limited number of resources for game day and that kind of thing but still all that being said I think there have been so many examples of guys that I don't think have reached their full potential and at least part of the reason has to be factored in that maybe it's because they're yeah. moving around so much yeah no right. I think yeah sorry but commit to commit to your idea that's why you know Go get a safety instead of trying to switch somebody to safety when you realize that it's not working out. And this is definitely not the same case and not the same scenario. But, for example, Jeff Heath, when Dan Bailey got hurt. Jeff Heath is not a kicker, but he went in and kicked the ball And in case of emergency. That's when, I, when you talk about position flex, that's how I see that. Uh, in case of emergency, we need, to, you, we need to move you here. Let's... Put you in this position, and you can do it. 
but you're focused on just one area, one spot, and that's it. So you can be successful at it. You know, I've always said this about running backs, and I've always said guys like, you know, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders are two of the best running backs to ever play. I, I always thought Walter Payton was the best football player to ever play running back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a different mentality there. Brett Favre, to me, was a better was one of the better football players that played quarterback. Um, and I think Jeff Heath, going back to that, he's a football player. That's what he is. I mean, and th- th- that's an example of that. You know, who can kick? Well, I, I can kick. I can return a punt if I need yeah. to, you know. So He'll score well in a punt-pass-kick competition. Oh, yeah. Because probably could do a little bit of everything because he's yeah. a football player. He's a football yeah. player. Football player. All right. One other question I have for you guys. What okay, if you had to, <laughs> If you had to narrow it down to one thing that you f- could foresee as a big surprise that would come out of this unit, uh, at the end of this season, what would you think that would be? Start with you, Nick. Big surprise? Yeah. There's something something you know, that, that mm. most people would probably say, I would not have expected that, but you could foresee it happening. <laughs> well, um, maybe like trading for Earl Thomas? <laughs> I knew I mean, you were going to say mean, that. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to just hard count me, I'll just go, <laughs> go off sides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's fair to if anybody saw it coming, it's definitely see it coming. Sure. Um, I don't know if I see it as clearly anymore, but I mean, <laughs> I I would I would do it. I I think there's a need. I mean, I, but I I keep saying this: the more these days go, the more these OTAs go by, and you're not doing it. You're you're really hamstringing your veteran safety to come in here and be a veteran player. They the guy. If you were going to do that, Earl Thomas needed to be starting the OTAs and starting the conditioning program and saying, "Hey, I'm a veteran. I've seen it." Because you get I'm too, leading this group, right? Type thing, yeah. You get a little too late in the game, and it's kind of like, you know what? We were running these drills three weeks ago. You know, you're not yeah. that good. You know that kind of stuff. So I don't know if anybody's going to say. I don't that, know if Kayvon's going to be throwing <laughs> that out there. I don't know if they're going to say that, but hey, you know. But you know what I, I mean? I mean, yeah, I these guys, the, the, you're you're also getting them for their veteran experience and leadership, and, and they need to kind of be here for that uh, to do it. But I think I think they'll do something at some point here. They're going to get a veteran in here. I think. Yeah, uh, I was hoping he would stick with just Earl because then that allows me to be more general because <laughs> I don't think it'll be Earl, but I'll, I'll say it for the millionth time. I just It doesn't fit this team's M.O. to go to training camp with three safeties, two of whom are unproven. It just doesn't. And then, have, I mean, okay, we can move Byron or Cheeto back to safety. That doesn't make oh, sense no. either. That compromises your depth at cornerback. Uh, again, like, I mean, you would be asking Byron to start all over again after making a switch, maybe taking your most or your second most impressive corner physically and moving him to a new position. I hate that. Um, I don't I don't know who it'll be, but I just I think uh, I think there will be a safety on this roster that's not here now by the time we leave for training camp. I have another answer to this, but I want to get Amber's. Go, Amber. Oh, I was just going to say what would be surprising to me is that they do have a successful season with the safeties that they have right huh. now. That would be surprising to me. According to them, they're oh, they're, we're okay right now. We're, I will say we're this. Good. We've spent three months bashing the guy, but Xavier Woods looks like he's having a pretty nice little offseason. Got a little peek at his conditioning yesterday, or was that two days two days ago? Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, you want to talk about those other two rookies? He's a guy that, in my opinion, when he had opportunities last year, he impressed far more than he disappointed. I would not. He's good. He's good. But is he there yet to be I, I your main guy? Yeah, I, don't I don't know that. But but what I do know is, and, and again, that's that seems to be the MO of this team now, is that they're willing to draft guys and they're willing to get them on the field. So well, whether I, he's all the way there or not, they, they certainly are showing a, a – Take their risk. A, yeah, they, they're yeah. willing to go out there and get those guys on the field early. I'll, I'll take it back because I, I thought about saying I'll be surprised if Xavier Woods starts 16 games at safety and plays well. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that. What would surprise me is if he's just handed the job in training camp and there isn't some type of real competition for it, which is Who's what... going to compete with him, though? Whoever they bring in. Right, you're saying no, it has, that's, to, it has it, to be another it, person. There yeah. isn't a body okay. on this team that makes sense yeah. as a competitor for him for that job, right? which is why I think they will add one. One guy that I think that is... I don't think we've talked about all offseason, I really think could factor into this, Duke Thomas at cornerback. Duke. I do. I like him a lot. I Can think they like team? him a lot. I think he can. I, I think he. I think him he to was, make this team. I think he was going to make it How last year. How many corners are they going to keep? Six. Well, oh, okay. Six corners. Because the assumption is one of those can or two of let's those. Let's say Duke well, Thomas okay. plays really well, and now now you have a little bit more corners, and you don't know what you have at safety. That's what'll get Cheeto moved. Which I don't. You know, at this point, 
Now, I said it last year, and I, I, I'm okay with it last year, but at this point, I'm not okay with moving a corner. If he's going through the offseason, I don't like moving him. I hate the... I hate that. Like, well, we we got a few guys who are pretty good at this, so let's get rid of one of them. Not get rid of, but he's move got him, you know? coverage skills. And if he can do that, what he did to Marshawn Lynch, I'm talking about Cheeto. Yeah, looks Cheeto like is safety to me. Cheeto is arguably your best corner. That's the part I don't like about don't like possibly moving all. him back. Is if you got a guy who is one of your top two cornerbacks, and you got to move him now. To me, that diminishes. Now, of course, you got you feel Hold like on. you got good talent left. But let me ask you this: What made Darren Woodson so good? That he could play in the slot. Okay. Could he have played corner, you think? At his size, I don't know. He, But he would have tried. He would have tried. It he would have tried. Okay. Yeah, he would have tried. Yeah. That's what, I'm th- that's what I'm talking about, though. That what made him so good is that he could cover. He could cover there. He he had cornerback-type skills, but he really was built like a safety, played like a safety, and was smart like a safety. I mean... I'll take I'll take the line right out of Stephen Jones's mouth from February, which is that it's harder to find a good cornerback than a good safety. Agree. I just I don't mess with a good thing. I disagree with that. I'm sorry. It's not. Well, I know where they you're haven't going found with this. a safety you... since Darren Woodson. So how can you say it's easy to find a safety when they can't find one? Have they found a good cornerback since? Yeah. This. Tell team... me when they've had the. When's the last time they had a great cornerback? It's not an easy thing to find. They've had some good ones. When's the last I mean, time they had a great one? Because that's what you're talking about, the safety. You're talking about a great one. You're talking about a guy that's, in my my opinion, Hall of Fame worthy. You haven't found a Hall of Fame worthy uh, safety. So Terrence? Any Hall of Fame worthy. Not Hall of Fame. He's, he's good. He was good. I don't think he was great. Do you? Mm, his longevity matters, but as far as just his play on the field, I don't think he was a great player for the Cowboys. He was gate. He was in between good and great. If the trio of Cheeto, Byron, and Jordan is as good as I hope they can be, I just feel like you should be able to throw somebody back there and it won't be the end of the world. Even, I mean, it could if be your pass Xavier rush Woods. is good. Well, that too. If yeah. your linebackers are playing well, your, your linebackers add a little bit in your Which, pass coverage. You know, All those things matter, right? Of course. You know what I like about them right now is like we had that conference uh, USA basketball tournament at our, at our uh, facility back in March. And Xavier Woods was there because his team was playing. Louisiana Tech was playing. And uh, I think that he texted Jordan Lewis and was like, hey, you should come watch some free basketball. You know, come up to the start. He's like, oh, I'm here working out. It was seriously 845 on a Tuesday and, you know, March 10th or whatever. I mean, and and I talked to him. He's like, I'm here every night. I just, well, what else am I going to do? Those <laughs> those three live here. Um, That's I love it. Let's go. I mean, there's 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 a short list. Of, I mean, Ryan Switzer was one of them, which I mean doesn't always translate. Yeah. But uh, Cheeto, Jordan, and Xavier are always here. Like I'll come up here on a Sunday to get do some work or or work out or something, and I like they're here. They're always here. It's crazy. That's a great thing. Yeah, no, for young good. guys, that's absolutely great draft thing. draft they night. Say- Wasn't it Jordan Lewis on draft night? In like we could see in the weight room at like ten thirty at night, working out, working out. Yep. Love that. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get some questions. Send your questions on Twitter, at Cowboys Break. Amber will pull those up. We'll answer some of those. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. 
What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking Cowboys football. Nick, take it away. Yeah, I got another read here. My friend Earl sent this to me, I think. Uh, It's the offseason. You know what that means. It's time to make some trades. It's time you (laughs) traded in your old worn-out tighty-whities for the latest and greatest in men's underwear. Tommy John. Trust us, Tommy John underwear features a contour patch. Pouch. Maybe a patch. For mind-blowing comfort, plus exclusive Cowboys underwear, you can get TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Make some trades. Your friend Earl sent it to you, huh? Yeah, a buddy named Earl. His name is Earl. Friends, huh? Yeah. Good. Where's he from? Ailati. Oh, just that way. <laughs> well, actually, he's from Texas. I'm going to say Beaumont. From Texas? He's from Texas. He's in Texas? Yeah, somewhere. I got friends from in Texas. Texas. Beaumont. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, good. All right, let's uh, let's get into some questions. You guys can hit us up on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Hold on, though. Hold on. You're not going to trade in your old tidy whiteies, okay? I mean, I don't know who wrote this, but no one's. I tra- thought you said Earl wrote it. No, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Earl sent it to me, but Earl somebody didn't write. wrote it for yeah. Earl. Earl. No one's trading out the tidy whiteies, okay? That, that that was like 1987. No one's doing that. But just your your Michael Jordans, you can trade those out. You don't think there's people wearing tidy whities in 2018? They still are sold in stores. They still so my sell assumption them. Is yeah. that people still use them. Huh? Somebody wears them. Some poor sap out there. You Not know. me. Not no. me. I'm, I'm a Tommy John guy. That's true. Yeah. Too. Tommy John. I, I've got to read when we get to training camp. Oh gosh. Yeah. You got to wait all the way bad. to training camp. All the way. No, I'll, well, I'll <laughs> just tell you. The it's a month and a half. Tommy away. John is so good that it'll it'll force me to do something I hate in training camp, which is laundry. I don't do. Some people don't do laundry at training. Yeah, camp. some people bring four pair of underwear for a four week camp. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm gonna probably have to do laundry there because I'm not so just not gonna. Right. You it's know, an oversight. There we go. <laughs> I forgot. Hey, there's two. One of the store, y'all need anything? Forget. Underwear and hey, boss. Can like, I get some underwear? That's kind of necessary. Those two things. Did it work out? You know, kind of did. It worked out. Yeah. So it's fine. And it's you got free underwear. You out. were going inside out for a couple days oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard pack it's hard to pack for a month like you just kind of lose it is it is hard to pack for a month when it's 107 degrees my my mom no it's a month it's not a week you make a list when you go to the grocery store too yeah i do on your phone yeah on my phone why not nerd well no not a style you don't go to the grocery store ask my wife every sunday who picks up at 6 p.m and goes to the grocery store to get groceries for the week oh let me, tell you, let me tell you how that probably started is that she used to do it and she was getting everything. And you're like, we don't need all that stuff. Nope. So let me do it. No. Nope. You know how that started? That started because it was one off season and I was like feeling really bad about the fact that on Sundays during the season, she did everything. Oh, so I was nice. like, well, in off season, let me handle groceries on Sunday. Oh, that's marriage. That's how you make a marriage. Are you Compromise. like what the kids want? Like, you know, like the fruit punch, Capri Suns or something like that. that? You don't sugar. do all that. I don't do all that sugar. Oh, I, sugar. I, I heard the what. SH sound. <laughs> I, I was know. like, wow. Hey, wow. We don't sugar. do all that sugar. Wow. No, we don't do all that. We get some, yeah. some orange I'm juice. I'm not good for that kind of stuff. Because I'm just like, oh, cheese whiz. Oh, it's good. <laughs> fruit roll up. School. Nah, I don't do all that stuff. Yeah, Wheat okay. bread, vegetables. You are a nerd. Going off Same. script here a little bit. Yeah, let's we've talk spent, about let's We've talk spent about, about five minutes on this. I started with football. tidy whities but yeah. Okay, question for you guys. Okay. With the sudden departure of Jason Witten, who becomes Dak's safety blanket during those third downs to keep the chains moving? Hopefully it's right. Cole Beasley. Good question. Hopefully it's nobody. Hopefully he goes to the guy that's open and they catch the ball. Well, when I think of safety the chains. When I think of safety blanket, I'm like it's the guy that's always open. You know what I mean? How about like, Zeke coming out of the backfield? I believe it's a nice that. outlet. I believe that when I see it. I know. But that's what we were sold on when he got here was that he was a, an accomplished receiver as well as a good running back, and we still haven't seen them use, oh, utilize he him. He is an accomplished receiver. They just don't utilize right. him. Right. Might be Blake Jarwin. 
You are all aboard that train. <laughs> he like it, he we saw don't even him have to be talking about tight ends. Nick's gonna throw Blake Jarwin out there because he, he just saw loves him. he saw him line up and he looks good. And plus, Garrett and Stephen Jones are all in on him, so he's just riding that train. We do have an all bus kind of team now, don't we? I mean, it's like there are several guys. You're like, man, they get off the bus. You're like, that's a that's a team that's gonna be hard to deal with. Yeah. If you were just standing out there in San Francisco, you know, in a preseason game, and all of a sudden you just look at like bus four or whatever, and then here comes Rico and Scarborough, and you're like, and they're like, those are skill players. Dang, these guys are big. <laughs> yeah. I would, and I, I mean, Hankins. Cole Beasley got more attention. <laughs> Cole Beasley got more attention last year, and and they didn't handle it very well. But right. hopefully, with the way that they've diversified this offense, you've got. I expect Tavon Austin. I'm, I'm actually, I re, I'm really excited about this story that I wrote about Tavon. Um, I don't know when we're going to publish it yet, but I just did a pretty deep dive into, done? yeah, into what it might look like with him. I expect him to be on the field a lot. I think that can help. I think, uh, you know, having different receivers instead of just everybody focusing on Des can help. Obviously, you have Zeke. Uh, so I'm. I'm hoping Cole Beasley can bounce back this year. And if he does, then that's the guy that I would expect Dak to look to on third down. I think the interesting thing there is if he's going to be that kind of security blanket, they're going to have to do more creative things to get him open because what we saw last year's teams purposefully tried to take him out. Um, and I think there are things that the team could do to get him open if they want to. There are ways they can create rubs and, and give him some kind of support in getting him open when teams are trying to double him, when teams are trying to do different things and knock him off his route. But they're going to have to do those things if they want him to be there the guy is, that they can count on on third downs. There is a lot of fun stuff that this team should be able to do. And I don't mean this as a knock on Jason Witten, but if you don't have a tight end out there 98% of the time who is necessitating your personnel, then you should be able to do a lot. And I would be, I would be surprised and disappointed if they just do the same stuff with new tight ends. I think, it's, I think this is going to – I mean – it's going to look similar, but I think this will be as different as it's looked in a while. And, and I think that you'll, you've already seen that they at least prepare to have some different plays there. Because Tavon Austin, especially making a trade on, on draft day, that's not a type of player, and that's not a type of move we've really seen before. To go out and get that type of player to go east, west a lot. I, I, I think that, you know, yeah, let's see if Lucky can do this. Let's see if Ryan Switzer can do this. But they said, all right, let's get a guy we know can do this. And Commit to it, yeah. Yeah, and I think you've seen a little bit more. I agree with you. If they if they just do the same stuff, you know, it'll be disappointing. I think, I mean, there's so much potential to run empty, 10 personnel. I, obviously, I mean, you're never, you're all, 11 personnel, I would guess, is still going to be their favorite. But even then, I mean, you can change the personnel. I mean, Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim are younger, more athletic players than Jason Witten was at the tail end of his career. So, uh, you know, I spent I spent a couple hours this week watching what the Rams did with Tavon these last two years. And just even if you're not getting him the ball, the stuff he can add to your offense is just very exciting. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's going to be interesting is when he comes around in that, in, you know, in, in motion uh, for the um, jet sweep, and and you got a shotgun with with Zeke back there, because now you really got a triple triple option uh, because he's got the ball. Here comes Tavon. You fake it to him. Maybe you give it to to Zeke. Maybe you keep it. I mean, the linebackers are going to be looking over here, looking here. And then in, and then if you don't give it to him, you still have Dak that can do do some things and pick up you know some tough yarders running the ball too. So you got a lot of options that are running. Yeah, I think with, because of matchup. Because of matchups, I actually hope that I know you were saying that maybe they stick with eleven still being kind of their predominant thing, especially what they use in two minutes. I actually hope they move to ten because I think it actually gives them a little more flexibility because now the other team has to put that other cornerback on the field if they want to be able to cover all those wide receivers. And by the way, make sure they account for Zeke coming out of the backfield. I think it creates more mismatches if you go to 10 personnel than if you go to 11 personnel, unless you have a difference-making tight end. And right now, I don't know that they have a difference-making tight end. I've been saying it since they drafted Switzer. I I mean, and now especially, I mean, you feel really good about all five spots on your offensive line. I want the defense to be as small as possible. Right. That's what I want. Make uh, them run. Yeah, absolutely. Make them keep up with every one of them and let Dak find the guy that's open and try to get it to him in space and let him make a play. Have him be as small as possible and then have Zeke and those five offensive linemen run right at him. That's what I want to see. Yeah. All right. Well, sticking to that tight end real quick, uh, to the tight end subject, who are you guys expecting to really win the starting job? At tight end? Yeah. 
Swam. Swam. For real. Why, why are you laughing? Because we... I, I was joking Okay, about can I change that question a little bit? Who, who do you think should win that job? Should? Probably Swaim should win that job. Because the reason I asked that is because I, th- I thought the reason you guys both said that is because knowing this coaching staff, they tend to go with what's familiar, and Swaim is the most familiar of the bunch. And if they like how he works that's and all that kind of stuff, one, yeah. that's the guy that they would say, okay, he's going to be our starter. But do you think that he's the guy that should be the starter? He's also the most experienced and well-rounded all-around player. And and, and no disrespect to Dalton Schultz. Per, I, I don't know enough about his game. I know he came from a school where he should be prepared for what they're going to ask of him. But is that good enough? I mean, it would be impressive if he won the starting job as a rookie. I won't rule it out, but Swaim has been here for three years. He's started something like 15 or 16 games and he's been a part of this for three years i mean i would hope he can win it because he should have a better idea of what he's doing than everybody else so, i would expect to see a lot of rotation wouldn't you i yeah. mean no that's yeah you for, and, and see no just, i don't yeah. expect any of the four of these guys let's say Rico to be makes like the team to play 80 percent or i wouldn't expect them to even come close to hitting what witten did which was yeah. literally 98 percent of yeah. the snaps I, I do think jarwin's gonna have a, a chance because he's probably the biggest of them all and he has a chance to maybe be the better blocker so if he can if he can not if he can show that he can catch the ball and and be you know get open and you know occasionally, I think that he has a chance to be your starting tight end just because of what they like to do running the football. So I I would imagine he'd be a better blocker than Swain. He should be. He's bigger. And you guys believe that that come opening day, Rico's your starter? No, I don't believe that. I'm not prepared. Do you, do you to when we it? started talking about tight end, I seriously, literally, and I wrote about him yesterday. I. His name didn't come to mind. Do you, right do you now. think that he will have a role? I'm not prepared to put him on the 53. Wow. Okay. I, I, and again, like you know, and this is this is the most contentious thing between writer and fan. I yeah. feel like is is that the thought of Rico gathers, and for the tenth time, I'm. This isn't me trying to give you my opinion. This is information that I'm presenting you based on being in the building and having conversations with people who know that yeah, stuff. They, yeah, they need to figure that out. They, this is, I, th- I think Rico is, is a product of people that just don't agree with the assessment of him. I think there's people in the building that really like him, that like his promise, and see they catch his two touchdowns in the preseason. There's people that think, oh, my God, he's a basketball player. He's, he, he's, he's not picking it up quickly he's lost out there there's people that don't like his attitude and they think that's a big deal Mm -hmm. because he comes in and he's got a lot of swag to him and you know i don't know the the diagnosis of it but he got a concussion in pre in training camp and he missed the whole season um and now he's back so i i just think there was there's a lot more to it and, and i don't know what it is and it's hard to figure out so it's hard to say yeah he's gonna make the team when i think he's got a lot of things going against him yeah i think the thing about it though is i think what fans are seeing more than anything else is they saw him in the preseason game and we all know we've seen guys that show up in the preseason and look great and then they get lost when you get to the regular season you don't hear from them again and that happens we know that happens every single year but he never got a chance to for anybody to see what he could do in the regular season right. all you saw was the preseason and what he showed you in the preseason made you at least go, huh, maybe there's something there. And you look at the history of the tight end position over the last 10 years, and where you find a lot of really great tight ends has been guys that are former basketball players that have that kind of athleticism and that ability to go up and get the ball. So all those things combined is why I think people are kind of like, man, there's got to be something. Maybe there's something there. Why are we not? Why, why are the Cowboys not pursuing more as far as what he could possibly become. If I was making the decisions, I would throw him out there and be like, even if all you are is a red zone threat, we'll put you out there. Maybe we'll even take you off the line a la Jimmy Graham. You don't do anything but catch the ball high up in the air, and that's good enough. But... Does that sound like this coaching staff? No, it does not. <laughs> Literally, I mean, <laughs> no, it does not. Jay, I mean, how many? You know, over the last two weeks since Jason Witten retired, how many times have we heard about like the standard that he set, and he's just as reliable blocking as he is catching, and and knowing his assignments, and yeah. knowing the ins and outs of the position, and think about how this team wants to run the ball, and I mean, you think about it, you know, at a deep enough level, if you put a guy out there who's got no idea how to do anything but high point the ball, you're kind of telegraphing what you want to do. And so and in the red zone, that works, but it doesn't work when you're in the rest which, of the field. And again, this isn't my opinion. I'm just saying it doesn't sound like this coaching staff to trust a guy who's that one dimensional. Uh, and so I think I think he's got he's got a, a long road to walk between now and when they cut this roster down before I'm 
comfortable saying I think he's going to make the team. And that's fans are well within their right to be frustrated by that because he certainly is an intriguing athlete. But that's what's working against him, and that's what he's going to have to battle against. This is his third year, right? He's going into his third year, yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. That's a wrap for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll have more talk for you guys. Till then, Nick Eatman. Thursday. Sorry. Next Thursday. Yes, I'm sorry. It will be next Thursday. It will not be Wednesday. It will be Thursday. Check the website. We'll have the full schedule up there for all of the shows next week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?